You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. On this episode of Big Drive Energy, we've got a special guest, DNVR Golf, like OG, a uh, guy that followed us from day one. Um, we've interacted with him a ton, and he's doing a ton of awesome stuff around, indirectly related to us, uh, with our friend Kelly, um, with golf fitness and all the stuff working over at Landau Performance, uh, Davis Brendel. So he's going he's gonna to tell us about uh, how out of shape we are. Um, he, he, it's funny. He did. He's like, Hey, I need to get you guys in the gym. I was like, let's do the podcast first. And then, and then we'll see. I did go to the gym twice this week and now I'm paying for it again. Driving by the gym is about as far (laughs) as I go right now. Um, but no, we're excited to talk to him about golf fitness, about his career and and getting to Landau performance. And, uh, we'll just kind of, kind of do what we do and bullshit about golf and everything else. And it's all brought to you by our Presenting sponsor over at Pins and Aces. I've got the Pins and Aces hoodie on right now. Uh, Rocky's purple. Unfortunately, Todd Helton didn't it's make a great looking, thing yesterday. It's a great looking hoodie. It does look it, very good. It's, yeah, it's, I don't even have that one. It's bullshit. Well, you got to go up to uh, the, the place. You got to go to the warehouse. Yeah. But uh, we're both rocking Pins and Aces hats. It's the best golf brand out there. They hook us up. Um, and they're hooking you guys up using our code BDE. You get 15% off all products on their website, plus free shipping. They did a restock of the liquor stick, so make sure you get that for this upcoming golf season because they're going to sell out of them again probably for the second time. So make sure you get the liquor stick, the beer sleeve, and use code BDE at pinsandaces.com for 15% off. All right, let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> Davis, welcome in, man. Thanks hey. for thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having us. I'm super excited. Um, first podcast ever, so I'm ready to get get talking about everything we love about golf, golf fitness, and 
Just whatever else comes our way. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be some random it's shit. Usually, yeah, we talked about snow for like an hour last podcast. It's just, you just never know. I mean, it's snowing again, so we could do that. Dude, the snow's a fucking joke, man. It's snowed, what, four or five of the last 10 days? I saw it's supposed to snow like the next seven days. No, no chance of it. So just... <laughs> Feels like we live in fucking Minnesota. Yeah, book your sim- simulator times now and yeah. get swinging because that's about all you're getting. Dude, that's crazy to think of. Like, do people make tea times? I is there like I I guess like I don't play that much golf in the winter unless I actually go to Arizona or whatever. But I bet there there's probably a group of people that like is booking simulator times seven days out, like like it's the middle of the summer, but just on a simulator. I got one booked for Saturday. Oh hell yeah! Booked it yes yesterday for about two hours over at Swing Bays and Parker. Oh sweet. Um, Dustin Miller runs it. Yeah, uh, that actually that's a. I, I think he was a Black Bear, wasn't he? Yeah. Dude, yeah. that's my... Dustin. I fucking yeah. love Dustin. He I went to college sw- with Dustin. He owns really. Swing yeah. Bays. Yeah, so he owns Swing Bays, opened it up. It opened up maybe six, seven months ago. And yeah, right there in Parker. Four track man simulators. It's sick. No shit. Fuck yeah, yeah. and I think a bar and the whole bit. Yeah, so well, if you guys are free Saturday, four o'clock, come on with me. I'm going to be in New Jersey by then, but... Oh, we're well, not appreciate- golfing out there. No, <laughs> no. Dude, not. that's so awesome. So funny story about me and Dustin. So I was a freshman in college and he was a senior. And we played, uh, we at the PGM program, we'd play like tournaments, and there was a, a 27 hole tournament. Oh, it was just bear dance? Yeah. When you just shanked it around the, the place? <laughs> Legit. So, 27 hole tournament, full day. I'm like this freshman. I'm 17 years old. I have no clue what I'm doing. I'm with Dustin um, and a couple, one other guy that went, went on to work at Augusta. Like, these dudes are like seniors. Like, and I don't know how the fucking pairings worked. Like, I'm still pissed at the tournament person for this, <laughs> but it was me and three seniors. And I'm 17, they're 21, they can drink, they can have a good time. I'm fucking shitting myself. Long story short, I shoot 112 on the first 18, dude. I was smokes. They're probably asking how this guy passes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, "This, what a joke! Like, how did these guys get in the program?" I know joke was shank, full on cold shanking it into the. And have you played bear dance? Yes. It, it's not a you wide can't, course. No, no, you can't miss anything, dude. I was, I almost wanted to just pick up and go home. I did fire a crisp thirty nine on the last nine holes. I figured it out, but keep you coming it, back. It was yeah, that was with Dustin, and he was just like, he was actually really cool to me. He's like, dude, it's fine. It's fine. and I was like, dude, I'll I'm, bring it up on Saturday, and we'll see his side of the story. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Be like, hey, remember? He doesn't even remember you. <laughs> no. Let's oh, be yeah. real. But no, D- Dustin actually, we hung out a, a fair amount towards the end of college. But then, of course, he left. And but that's cool that yeah. he owns that. He, it, it's just another case of somebody getting out of the green grass facility and being like, hey, what can I do? That's cool. I'm assuming there's a bar there. Yep. Yeah. Bar there. Yeah. Bar there. Uh, swing base still can you can teach but you can do it year round he can he can do it every once there and yeah doesn't have to do hours doesn't have to deal with the uh you know the members and the ordering clubs and all that other nonsense that goes with being yeah, a PGA he's got pro. his own fitting uh in the back too so he does fitting out of there he's got two other i think pga pros or former pga pros that he hired on to do instruction over there so that's awesome i mean it's a great place i with one of the instructors i trade off lessons for um golf fitness training oh yeah so he wanted to get back in the gym i need golf lessons not saying i'm a hack but um i'm not as good as some other people so yeah you can no matter how good you are you can always use some help so exactly hell yeah well so let's get into your give us a little bit of your background like uh so you went to regis high school i did we actually found out we had some mutual friends right before this um so you graduated in 2010 you went to Nebraska Kearney? Yep, Nebraska Kearney played football. Sweet. Um, what so position did you play? He played multiple positions, I, I was reading. Yes. <laughs> punter. 
quarterback and running back wide receiver, wide receiver. Yeah. oh hell so yeah i went in as a punting i went in as a punter and quarterback okay um i had a preferred walk on to csu to be a punter and i was like you know what i'm a quarterback so i'm gonna do whatever i can to do that yeah year, year two at carney they say hey brendel you're gonna be a punter and i was like damn i should have went to csu <laughs> <laughs> could have gone d1 instead of d2 so then uh, for one year, I was just strictly a punter and got bored. And I was like, you know what? I need to do something. I can't just sit around and practice all day. Because a D2, it's not like a D1. You have one field. So once you punt for the first 15 minutes of practice, it's just... You're cooked. Yeah. You're done. And then you just sit there and hang out with your boys and kick into a net. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to see if I can play wide receiver. They actually tried to put me a tight end first. I was six foot 205 at the time trying to block guys that are 6'5 or 6'7 285 and it was miserable look like zeke elliott yeah it's terrible i was just getting blown up like (laughs) and so then after two days like yeah you're not fit for that but you got good hands let's put you a wide receiver so i um, started to dabble in the the wide receiver receiver realm um but yeah so basically how i got into to landau was a long story but my mom was a group exercise instructor i was playing um Little League ball, starting to take things more serious in like eighth grade. She worked for Lauren Landau, or Lando. Sorry, I say it wrong all the time. But um, <laughs> I've probably been saying so, it wrong too. So. Uh, he was working with a lot of the Broncos. He had his own place. So she's like, I'm going to get you set up with this guy in eighth grade. I start training with him. Um, he is now the strength coach for the Denver Broncos. Oh, shit. And then owns Lando Performance. And then that's where I worked. That's where I trained with him through high school, through college, went through. Um, the pro day slash combine process, tried out with the Dolphins, and then um, went right into work in 2015 and been doing it ever since. So what was it like trying out for an NFL team? Was that like a kind of a dream come true type of scenario where you're like, well, like, you're was like it- shitting your pants nervous type <laughs> both, of thing? Both, 100%. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I just want to soak in this moment, but I can't because I'm freaking out. Yeah, the night before you don't sleep. It's like your first like tournament golf round you've ever played. You know? Yeah. But just a little bit more on the line. It's something you work for for the last however long it is, however long you're playing, you know, 16, 17 years. And then it finally comes to that. And it's just a job interview, but you got to perform on one day and then that's all you get. Yeah. What, uh, was it as a punter then? Yeah, it was as a punter. Okay. Yeah, so. Dude, that's so fucking cool. Like, is there a better job in the world than NFL punters and kickers? Uh, I would say punter and long snapper. Kicker kind of sucks, as you can see, like Brett Maher, you know, getting, <laughs> get, getting the yips. Yeah, um, that's like Spencer then, at Bear Dance. <laughs> Brett, Brett Maher yeah, dude, the last two weeks. I like, have Jerry Jones in my ear, thank God. Yeah, no shit. But, but yeah, bringing it back, you know, it's just like the kicker gets so much scrutiny. A punter, you know, like can miss a punt or whatever. And yeah. Someone will be upset about it on a tweet, but then after that, no one thinks about it. <laughs> yeah, you definitely um, get blown up a little yeah, more on social snapper, media. Yeah, long snapper, you know, those guys are really good at what they do, so they rarely get any of the blame for anything. Yeah. Um, it's always the kicker missing the kick or the, whatever. So we we had a few uh, NFL punters kind of, like, walk me through some stuff and a few of the NFL long snappers, and, um, I mean, their job just seemed hard but also cake yeah like you you have one thing everyone else is you know still practicing in meetings and they're going off to play golf and yeah then going back in the afternoon for another walkthrough so they're living the life yeah that's sick i mean there's obviously a reason why brandon mcmanus is probably the best golfer on the broncos exactly he's got plenty of time and um i mean but yeah going back to like the scrutiny part of it like you can be justin tucker and be like revered as the the fucking greatest yep. leg in the NFL or you can and honestly we actually went to high school with a kid who 
tried out for multiple different like NFL like combine. He went to the combine and like kicking is probably one of the toughest positions to break into in the NFL and punting because there's only one for every team. Yep. There's just 32, yes. and then there's about 500 other guys just sitting there waiting. Exactly. So, well, I mean, you're I just feel, waiting for your opportunity. Yeah, and I and feel like... you can't fuck it up. Once you get... You, you miss one kick, you're like, all right, I'll pack my shit. Yeah. Like, I feel like kicking and punting, too, now. Like, I, my dad ironically wanted me to be a kicker. I'd go kick field goals when I was, like, 12 and whatever. But I feel like... great quads. I feel like now, the... Uh, like from when we are, so you're, you graduated in 2010, I graduated yeah. in 2011. So we're about the same age back in, like when we were in high school, like kicking was like a thing at our high school. You know, we actually did win state championship, but three, a smaller school. It was just like, we had a soccer kid come do it. Now I feel like kids are 10, 12, 13 years old. And like they figure out they yeah. can do that. And they're specializing. Yeah. We still have soccer kids bounce over. I coach at Regis high school football. And we actually had a kid bounce over his senior year and never kicked played highly competitive soccer and was like, you know what? Hard to break in that way. I'm going to go kick. We worked on it all summer, and now he's at Cal Poly kicking. But it's like no pretty shit. natural to him, but yeah. he's got a strong leg, good mental attitude, and you're probably going to be all right and bust in somewhere. Yeah, that's so awesome just because like you – when they have the the basic raw skills, like kicking is one of those things, obviously there's a ton of mental fortitude, um, which we'll get into the kind of mental aspect of golf and yeah. sports in general, but – if you can basically kick a soccer ball, you can learn how to kick. You know, it's just like grinding on. You know, if you can dodge a wrench, yeah. you can dodge a dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fairly similar, like motions and everything. Is there punting and kicking's different? But um, Britton Colquitt used to punt for the Broncos. He yeah. had a great article in Mile High Sports Magazine, and it really he related punting to golf. Dude, I was I was going to yeah. ask you about that because there's so much about like how you create spin and what angle you attack yep. it from. And, like, you could see even Brett Maher was cutting straight. Like, his path was way yeah. left. And so he's either hitting pushes or hooks. The yeah, one that got blocked. Head, like, just, okay, don't miss it versus yeah. just swinging freely. He, then he but, overcorrects yeah. and snap hooks that one Which that gets blocked. Which is what we all do on the tee box anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I was going to ask you, like, what what can you equate golf wise over to punting and kicking and vice versa? And, and which is more similar to golf, would you say? Probably kicking because it's off the ground? I'm going to say punting, actually. Okay. Um, because punting, you, I mean, kicking's kind of similar. Once I explain it, it'll make sense. But, like, punting, you have your drives, right? You're backed up on the 20. You're trying to flip the field position. So you're trying to punt it as far as you can, as high as you can, and just bomb it down the field. Yeah. And then you get into across the 50, and now you're trying to get some backspin on it or there's ways to create side spin too okay yeah and so then you're trying to get it to sit inside the 10 so that's like you're either pitching or chipping as you're trying to get it get it close and everything's very you know skill oriented yeah um and then same with kicking you the further back you are the lower it is you're trying to drive it almost similar to like a stinger type and then as you're closer you're just trying to get it higher so it doesn't get blocked <clears throat> So you got to have a lot of different shots yeah. in the bag. Yeah, and so then from the mental aspect, too, it's the same. You're out there playing a completely different game than everybody else. You could be down 50, up 50, but if you still got a kick or you still got a punt, the game doesn't change. It's just like if we were all playing and you got a scratch handicap and then you got a 9 and then you got a 20, we're all playing the same game. Yeah, you we still got to hit the shots. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter, and you just got to go out and do everything the best you can. Well, so ironically, one of the best – the probably the best punter in the NFL last year was a rookie from CSU. What what was his name? Ryan Stonehouse. I, yeah. I want to say Kyle Rittenhouse. <laughs> 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 <No. laughs> 
close. Not the yeah, same. You might get in trouble not, for that one. Not the same guy. Yeah, not the, you got the house part. Right? <laughs> that was just the first name that popped into my head, but not d- definitely a different dude. Um, so, w- is he from Colorado? Do you guys know his background at all, or like? I don't know his background. I saw him pop up this year with um, the Cardinals, I believe. Is that who he's with? Uh, the Titans, I think. Titan. Okay, yeah. The yeah, Titans, was, yeah, is he with the Titans, Spence? Yeah, yep. he's yeah, he he's aver- from California. Oh, so he went okay. To, he went to Matterdy in California. So. What is that? A big school? Yeah, oh, yeah. it's like oh, Matterdy is like one of oh, the biggest football okay. schools yeah. in like, the entire country. Top ten in the nation. Oh yeah. no shit! And so we went to CSU. Yeah, maybe use the altitude like get his numbers up. Maybe, but I mean it's working out for him now. Yeah, no shit. I think he did. He break. I think he broke the record for longest average pun. Yeah, he crushed in, it in NFL year. history, which is. Just insane, and that just goes to show you kind of back to our other point is, like, there's probably 10 dudes like him that have never gotten a shot. Yep. And, you know, you just don't get that opportunity. And I I wouldn't equate it directly to golf because you can always play, like, but I will say you have to play well in the right spots. And when you get that opportunity, like, if you Monday qualify and do an event, if you can play well that week, like Jordan Spieth got his PGA Tour card as – basically his first PJ tour event by winning and not everybody does that. Yeah, it obviously. opens up a lot more doors, you know, just yeah. by competing on that one day and showing what you got. It, exactly. Um, so that's kind of like similar to these guys getting a tryout in the NFL and like you could be in the NFL right now. For, I, I could have been, you know, right. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. It'll take about two to three years to break in. I was like, yeah, I don't have the time or the money. I'm yeah. going to start, start training. So yeah. would you almost consider it like, similar to a mini tour pro yeah, like, exactly like you're playing down in mexico or you're playing up in canada and then okay. you're trying to monday qualify for a few events and just like get a look so you're hoping that a team calls you for for practice squad or even just like bill belichick was famous for this he would bring in a lefty punter if the other team had a lefty just for the week at practice oh that and makes then sense cut him right before the game no so shit he'd be out there for four or five days punting just to see the spin of a lefty Okay. Um, That's kind of so fire. Then you're just like working your way in as best you can. And then so when some something happens, you're the first one they think of. Yeah, that um, makes sense. So just like, you know, you're trying to go to Q school and do all that stuff. You're just yeah. trying to bide your time and play well when, when you need to. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes total sense. So relate you're relating your life to golf. When did yeah. you, did you start golfing as a kid? Did you start later in life? How, what, because uh, you, you seem to be super like, which is cool. Like we love yeah. I love when somebody grew up and you're fucking way more athletic than both of us combined. <laughs> you're, you know, trying out for NFL teams, you're doing this stuff, but then you find golf and you're like, holy fuck, like this is, you know, it's one of those things where you, you could be a great football player, let's say, and then you get to high school, you get to college, you play college football, but then after that, you can't really just like keep competing, you know, exactly. unless you're like... Yeah the top 0.1 percent almost like josh cassidy's story yeah going from basketball into golf yeah it's kind of similar um i my dad took me to kennedy a few times when i was like in middle school and i played baseball so i had at least like a swing yeah um apparently my dad told my mom that i was like a natural and i should be playing golf but i was like it's boring you know (laughs) and now it's like if i when we my wife and i have a kid it's like i want my kid playing golf exactly yeah um so it's definitely like switch realms yeah. Um, into what's cool and what's not. Um, so I just kind of put it on the back burner, went to the driving range every once in a while with some buddies in high school. And then um, it really wasn't until my dad joined Valley Country Club um, out by Rappo and Parker. Dude, great that, spot. Oh, we love, love that, that spot. We yeah. made a tick. I think we made a TikTok out yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. It's a good spot. It's cool. We did a uh, like, 
private uh, public course kids go oh, to the country I'm, club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like the everyone's like, "Is this Valley?" <laughs> the, <yeah>. the fucking <laughs> hair dryers and shit. Like, we yeah. we just like we're the next place we find a locker room. We have to do this oh, one, so we sure. just went full on in the locker room. There's one old dude like sitting over at the table, like looking over at us, like, like what, "What the, the fuck are these kids doing?" <laughs> or like, "Just let us be for like ten minutes." You're like, "Trust me, we're going viral." Don't yeah, worry. yeah, yeah. You uh, don't even know what this app's called. <laughs> Is that Tic Tac? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What what the fuck is that? No, uh, uh, but yeah, so cool then spot though. That Very was like, cool spot. I think my junior year of college, and so when I was back in the summer, we kind of went out, played some, and then I brought my clubs back to Carney, and they have like two two not eighteen holes, and then they have like a crappy kind of nine hole. Oh, I bet there's so many college kids on oh, that nine hole. Oh yeah, and we we uh, ended up knowing the bartender, and then like we get hooked up for like. $10 rounds just for nine holes and go out there, bring a cooler and whatnot. Just get shit Yeah, there's one hole you could bring a driver. That was about it. Oh, no shit. Yeah, so kind of like family sports, I guess, but just like a little bit more run down, like cow pasture Yeah. Just <laughs> a little bit more Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Nebraska family sports up, and that's what you got. That's fire. Um, so then I, that kind of got me in. My roommates and I did that, messed around, you know, during the day, and then came back, and I was coaching freshman baseball and didn't really have much to do yet because I was still – in that limbo of, am I going to make the NFL? Am I going to keep trying? What am I doing? So didn't have a lot of clients, had more free time. I was still on my dad's, you know, family junior membership. Oh, so yeah. I was just booking <laughs> tea times like every day. That's awesome. Um, so that's what really got me into it. And then about last year, actually, or two years ago, I was like, I need something competitive and golf's a good avenue for that. So then uh, my buddies and I joined the Grint Tour. Um, Hell which yeah. is kind of a local thing out here, like 10 events and just something yeah, competitive. Dude, I, see, I see, I get the emails yeah. from those. Like, we're, take this for what it's worth. We're not allowed to play in those yeah. because we're professionals. Yeah. But like, that is something kind of like we want to create down the road is for something sure. of that nature where it's like competitive. Because we do run uh, three to four tournaments a year from yep. Big Drive Energy. I've seen those, yeah. But they're like, and, and not that all golf is cool. Like everybody yeah. likes to play golf, but th- we gain more of a following and, and, relayed more to the masses with like a less competitive event or something where yeah like a scramble you, yeah, yeah exactly sure. so but our, you just our, get hammered and fucking those, those are great times i've yeah. never had a bad time at one. yeah <laughs> right. exactly. but our goal is to have something like that like yeah. where it's you know you're not you're you're competing and it's serious but it's also not like you know pga tour level serious exactly. you know yeah and it's like ball and hole so you know you got those kind of squiggly three footers that you know, your buddies are like, yeah, that's good. And you're trying to save it for par. Yeah. Turns. Standing over yeah, it and oh, you knocking. Yeah, your butthole a little bit, you know? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Fucking tighten up on that yeah. puppy. No, I, I I totally like, I like the competition aspect. And it's almost like a, like a, ba- like a beer league baseball. Like I still have buddies that yeah. played college baseball and they still play. And it's not really fair. I mean, they're much better oh, than yeah, like every like... other guy. But it's still just getting those competitive juices flowing. <laughs> We'll get back to our chat with Davis in a second, but we want to tell you about our great friends over at DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook. We put out our Big Bet Energy picks for golf every single week on our Instagram, so go check that out, and we do our betting through the DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, you can take your shot at turning buckets into big cash with DraftKings, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. They're my go-to for hoops action. I love the same-game parlays, especially uh, when the Nuggets and Nikola Jokic are playing. His... 
stat, stat combinations are one of the, my favorite bets that I always like to go to, especially every time I'm at the Nuggets game. You can go for a bigger payout with the Friday night favorites. All you have to do is go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in. All you do is place a select pregame two-leg parlay, and you get a 50% profit boost. So you can take two big favorites in the NBA, and you get a 50% profit boost if they win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DNVR and all new customers bet $5 in the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. She show notes for details. Also want to tell you about it, our great friends over at Game Time. I used Game Time to get into the Avs game last night. It's under $100 per ticket to sit right behind the glass. It was amazing time. Uh, game Time is the best for all your ticketing needs, so make sure you check them out. Use our link in the show notes and get your favorite tickets to the best seats in the house for the lowest prices only at our favorite app game time it's the best way to go you can get tickets for super discounted right before the game you don't even have to have tickets and you can go up to the the line and buy them right there and they'll deliver right to your phone i had them within minutes so make sure to check out game time and this is a golf podcast or so we claim and if you're not set up for your golf season this year head over to pinsandaces.com they're our presenting sponsor use the promo code bde at pinsandaces.com to receive 15 percent off your entire order plus free shipping they've got the liquor stick the beer sleeve anything you could ever want for the golfer in your life whether that's you or a family member or a good friend make sure to head over to pinsandaces.com and use the promo code bde they have the coolest polos they've got great winter hats golf hats uh, great hoodies, great outerwear, all their stuff is is just off the charts awesome, and we don't talk about it because they're a sponsor. We talk about it because we truly love what they do over at Pins and Aces, Colorado company, um, going worldwide. So make sure to check out their website and use that promo code BDE when you check out to get fifteen percent off plus free shipping. All right, back to Davis. So from you playing competitive. Uh, like football, baseball, because we grew up playing baseball. That was our yeah. thing pretty much until high school when we got a job at Spring Valley. And then we were like, well, we can practice all the time for free. So we really got into golf at that point. But um, how would you compare like competitive golf to co- competitive football? You know, it's it's kind of a horse yeah. of a different color. Like go- you can take any athlete and golf is still – mentally probably more challenging for sure i mean luckily i was a punter so i at least had that mental i guess fortitude going into it yeah um i mean from punting and golfing it's like very technical so you're sitting there thinking about okay for me punting this drop has to land here it's got to hit this place on my foot and you can't think about that all while you're trying to do it same thing on the golf course but when the pressure kind of rises you know that's when you start thinking a little bit more yeah and things start creeping in your head and um and I mean, fortunately, I guess I haven't played in front of a lot of people. Like, I'm not playing in front of a gallery of yeah. even, like, five people. Yeah. You know, no one's watching me. Um, but still, when you tee off in front of, like, the clubhouse yeah. on the first tee, exactly. like, every, you, everybody clinches a little bit. Get your heart rate up. You know, they, they're announcing us, like, now up on the first tee. And so you, you kind of get that feel for it. Yeah. Um, everybody, when you finish, is kind of sitting by the 18th hole and mm-hmm. just kind of watching it. You know, like, if you are on a buddy's trip... It's kind of similar to that. You all kind of go off, but then that last hole in the first tee box, everyone's sitting there watching you and then oozing on at drives or putts for, for long distance. Talking or, shit, yeah. Or, yeah, talking crap about how bad your round's going to go because you can't get off the first tee, stuff like that. So, yeah, totally. Um, but, I mean, 
if I had, like in college, I was playing in front of 5,000 to the most I played in front of was 12,000. Okay. So it's a pretty big crowd. Yeah, pretty big. That was at um, Northwest Missouri State. They won the. They, oh, I was going to say they have a really. championship like all the time. Yeah, right? I was going to say, I remember hearing they have like a really good D2 yeah. program. Yeah, but so that that's the biggest. And then we go out to these grand events and it's just like. We're playing. I still play with a lot of my friends. Like I'm at least paired up with one of them every time. So it's not like truly competitive, I guess, to where it's like we're all kind of out there on our own, doing our own thing, and yeah. no one's kind of paying attention to each other. We're all there to have a good time because we're like you said, beer league baseball type. We're all drinking our Trulies or whatever else we're 100 we out there. So, um, but yeah, it's fun. And then I've gotten a few clients out of it and. Oh yeah, you know, work, working with them is always fun. Just to try to get those competitive juices flowing in them, and they come in, see all the jerseys hanging up on the wall, and they're like, "This is the spot I want to be at." No doubt. Yeah, and I definitely I want to get to I want to get to your spot and do a little workout. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a few weeks under my belt of my gym time again, just to get back into a room. I'm not gonna shape. lie, I hate when people say that. Like, I got to get ready to come into you. It's like, no, you don't have to get ready. I'm not like just gonna crush you the first day i want you to come back like the first day is actually easier than the second day because i want you to come back that makes sense if i crush you the first day you're like get progressively harder i don't know if i could do all this yeah and so then the second day third day you start building we're building a foundation so whatever you start at it's just like building a house we gotta build you up oh for sure so i guess you need to stop being so soft exactly yeah just come in (laughs) okay perfect (laughs) one one time back like five years ago when spencer was super cut relatively like he had a six pack and shit shockingly enough um i went and worked out with him one day and he had me doing squats on a plyo ball is that what they're called like the bosu ball yeah Yeah. well i was not fucking built for that (laughs) like so I'm doing it in a squat. I threw my back out like oh, I, I bet. <laughs> oh, dude! And I, of course, I never went back. Like, yeah, exactly. I, if I, I if so, I mess you up the first day, you're not coming back. Yeah, one not gonna pay me. Like, not saying you, you guys are gonna be a little bit different. We'll make this mutual. But for like my clients that like I train for a living, it's like I need them to come back. I need them to feel like they worked out, but not to where I'm breaking them down every single day. And especially with you know my golfers that are at the country club four or five days in a row. It's like I can't just smash them in the gym because then yeah. you smash on the golf course, they're going to start losing money, be pissed because they feel like crap on the golf course. So Totally. Um, and I never thought about that from like a personal training aspect where you're you're controlling what they're doing, but you're also kind of controlling how hard they're doing it. For and sure. Like, and that's – you're pushing people, but like you said, you're, you're keeping them in the right spot where – so many people, especially in January, I'm sure you've seen a lot of this. First of the year, they hit it super hard, and then they're they're gone in a week because they're so fucking sore they can't move. And so it's like controlling how hard they go along with what they're doing. So I guess that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. We got different phases of training, and we work from you know lighter weights and higher reps, and then we work down to more strength because you have to build the foundation to get to strength. If you guys came in and we just put 315 on the bar and had you back squatting, it probably wouldn't oh, go well. Fuck. I just saw your, your eyes die. light up. You're like, yeah, oh, my that, God. I just, um, like, hurt fucking thinking about it. But, but are you, you going to get Spencer those little pink dumbbells, those little two-pounders? We, we have lime green ones, so we'll, we'll, we'll get that for you. I want pink. I want to see it with the pink, maybe purple. Like We got some pink kettlebells. I oh, how yeah. So what um, – so obviously you went and got your – do you do you have a masters or just or like no, just, bachelor's uh, of science in exercise science. exercise science? So when you is that was that the thing that got you into golf training or was it that you liked golf 
like playing golf and enjoyed the game and then you're like well i already know more than everybody well you know what i mean relatively yeah. speaking like about training it so it's like when you started working at landau performance did you say hey like i want to be the golf guy or was it just kind of like hey like i know golf so people i guess i should say is there is there a funnel to you like if somebody's like hey you know, they're a 55-year-old dude that wants to come in and, and they play, you know, four or five rounds a week. They're not looking for bodybuilding. I mean, maybe yeah. Yeah. in a relative so some way. Some people are, yeah. Yeah, uh, but they're looking for those golf, more golf-centric type of exercises. Did you just start that because you're like, hey, I like golf. I know golf. Now I can meld these two together. Yeah, it started off um, in during COVID. That's when, you know, our gym was shut down. I couldn't do anything. So I was out on the golf course all the time. And I was just like, I've been golfing a lot. Like, why am I not working with more golfers? So one, like, it's something I like to do. Two, I know about rotational athletes. I play baseball as well. Yeah. Um, I work with a lot of baseball players, and I was trying to transition into the baseball realm, too, at that time. Um, so I was like, why am I not working with more golfers? And that's what kind of, like, sparked my interest. That's what got when I went and got TPI certified, too. So um, with level one and then level two power. Um, and so that just... So like you said, it funneled into golf, and then now when people call in to the gym, then they're funneled to me. If they're like, hey, I want to get better at golf, then I'm the first person they ask if we have time or whatever. Um, but to start out, year one, it was take whoever, and whenever they want to train, I was available. Yeah. Uh, I had seven swimmers at one point. Okay. Oh, wow. I was okay. just... I had to take a lifeguarding class in college for my exercise science degree, but that's about my extent of swimming knowledge <laughs> yeah. and hanging out at the pool with yeah. the buddies in middle school. So that's what I just took everybody out of the cross players, football players, um, anybody and everybody who wanted to come in just so I could get a paycheck. And Absolutely. then it was about year six, I started to kind of narrow down who I was training. If somebody called in and said, hey, I, I want to get with you, I play, um, or I'm a swimmer, I'm like, you know what, there's actually two people at my gym that are better, and that's what they love. Yeah. So let me get you with those guys versus I could train you, but my heart's not going to be as invested into what you're doing. I still want you to succeed, but with the golfers, with my baseball players, softball players, it's like I want these guys or girls like ready to roll. Totally. And like I love doing it. So going to their events is a lot more fun. Going to swim meets a long freaking day. Same with track. <laughs> like th those days are yeah, super that's, long. Yeah, that's oh my god. And like some of the kids are probably like, "What did I do there?" It's like he didn't run fast enough. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you can't analyze the way they're running or swimming really at the time. Like you yeah, can swimming. I I can't analyze anything. Running, I'm good with. So okay, I, that's what one thing we learned in the internship with Lauren was how to kind of dissect different movement qualities and different types. So like right now, I'm the lead assistant um, for our pro day combine training. So the same one I went through. Um, so we're literally looking at these guys and trying to break down the 40 or break down their 5105 and Eldro, trying to find little things in their mechanics to save them seconds off the, the stopwatch. Yeah, because that could mean an NFL contract yeah. or, you know, you're a free agent exactly. or whatever. So, so. so basically how the body moves, I'm very good at seeing that. And I like looking at shapes and figures, and it's very easy to pick out. I'm a shape things. for sure. <laughs> Hey, you're gonna be looking at a fucking shape if I come into that gym. That's for damn sure. Uh, well, so you mentioned your TPI certified. I'm honestly not that familiar with okay. it. So give me give, and I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to this aren't either. So it's Titleist Performance Institute. Yeah. Okay. So give us just a little bit of background on what that looks like and like what what you kind of learn about the the golf like working out for golf versus working out for other sports. 
Yeah, so um, they have three different, I guess, subsections inside of it. Everyone has to take level one to start. So that's kind of your base certification. It talks about they narrowed it down to 12 swing characteristics. Um, and then basically they have a whole assessment that they want you to run through, and that's their main level assessment. So then you take somebody through the assessment, you have your golf swing characteristics, and then what you see in the assessment actually – pretty much will dictate what you see in the golf swing. Okay. So um, a lot of times somebody can't rotate their hips, you're going to see a lot of over-the-top action. Um, so it's kind of characterized, and it's really easy all through their app. Like when you guys come in, we'll go through it. It'll take about 10 minutes to go through the assessment, and then boom, it'll show you, and then we can kind of – you guys know your golf swing, so we can kind of pick out and see if it's right or wrong. Um, and that just gives me a good, I guess, place to start for everybody and then yeah. we can take you into your training so if somebody's limited um in thoracic mobility so they can't turn their shoulders or their back then it's like okay we need to work on that or if their hips don't move which a lot of amateur golfers don't move their hips very well 100 then we got to work on that yeah. um so it gives me just a baseline and i'd also um, the power side of it their power test that you can do so that's level two and then they're that's where it splits off i guess i jumped ahead but you have your healthcare professionals like PT workers, you have your golf instructors, and they're taking something completely different than I'm taking in level two. And then I have level two fitness and power okay. that I can take to kind of go up my tree, I guess, of different things that they offer. And then there's a level three for each of those. Gotcha. Um, and each one kind of focuses on different things. They have slightly different assessments and tests for each one. But it's nice because Kelly, who you guys know pretty well, She's TPI certified too. Oh, okay. Um, so we can kind of speak the same language and go back and forth and talk on what she's seen with the kids. I work with, I think, 10 of her um, students right now. Oh, that's awesome. Athletes. So we started a golf group this year to kind of train them over the winter. Um, so we took them through a TPI test or assessment to start, and then all their trainings just geared off of that, and then we, we retest every month, and then just kind of go back through, see how they're progressing or – regressing for some of them if they're not as consistent and we just kind of go from there but we're both talking the same language from a golf pro to a golf fitness specialist or whatever you want to call it golf fitness has kind of gotten if you look it up on instagram or whatever it's kind of (laughs) kind of weird and funky i train people like a normal athlete yeah you know and then with some golf stuff in between for sure well one thing i really think that we have an opportunity in states like colorado where we're sitting here now in the studio and it's snowing outside is it takes for golf specifically. I've seen a lot of kids like I never got to the point where I got burned out. I never got good enough to where I was like, you know, me and Mitchell have very different stories as far as like I kind of went more into the business of golf, PGA certified, whatever. And then he played, you know, professionally, did some mini tour stuff, but like was grinding, constantly hitting balls, stuff like that. So I can't speak to that. But I do know that just from what I see, and especially like high school kids, they get burned out when they're, you know, playing one sport or just always focused on golf and yeah you can go to you know go to i don't know if you've been to kelly's barn like it's a cool spot like or um the place in parker any you know there's hitting base popping up everywhere you can go have a good time but you you can still quote unquote grind in the winter time but you're not playing golf all the time which some people think is detrimental to like oh if you you're gonna play golf you need to be full-time on a course and and i actually think kids in Colorado have an opportunity to work with people like you in the wintertime to fine-tune their body movements and all the other things that they can get, and then they can grind in the summer and play golf, but then they get a mental break from 
you know, missing a three footer. Like you, in your, you know, in when you go work out, like they're not worried about missing a three footer working out with you. They're just getting their overall game better. So what, how, what have you seen as far as like t- in the winter time? Does it ramp up a ton, or is it pretty standard with most of your kids like all year round, or kids or athletes in general? Yeah, I mean, with with any kid that I'm training, they go through seasons, right? So I'm gonna see them more in their off season, whichever it is. And that kind of gets them a break from their day-to-day, you know, whether it's football of them practicing every day to them coming into me and we're just working on running mechanics and strength, or if it's a golfer grinding at the range and hitting balls every day to then coming in, getting stronger. Um, a lot of them, a lot of the golfers I work with still hit balls in the simulator. They're with Kelly, you know, getting, getting lessons and instruction, but they're starting to see kind of the added benefit of lifting weights consistently. They get four workouts a week and then it's kind of on them to go do it. And yeah. then we meet once a week, but the they're starting to see one, their club head speed go up, their distance go up. I'm getting videos from Kelly of them smiling and jumping around because they're setting their highest club head speed record, you know, at like 106, which to a guy like Josh is nothing. But these 14 year olds are like freaking pumped and through the oh, roof. Yeah. So to see that um, is just awesome. And they um, are really starting to buy in now that they start to see it affect their golf swing. So then I'm hoping. That also in the summertime, they can have, like, even if it's 30 minutes to come in, work out, have just that little bit of a break um, from golf and do something else. Whether it's, you know, they had a bad day at the course, couldn't hit, make a putt. And it's like, let's slam some med balls, you know. Let's get some frustration out, but we're getting some strength in there too, some power, doing something that will actually help your golf game. But now you're also having that kind of cathartic release as well. 100%. Um, so, yeah, I think out here, I think you guys saw my tweet of – if you have eight hundred to thirteen hundred dollars to spend right now, and this was when the new, all the new manufacturers were dropping their drivers mm. and whatnot, I was like, "You're better off in Colorado right now, spending it on training or even a lesson, depending on which way you want to go, than going to buy a new driver." Oh, but you're not I- going to hit it for the next three months anyway. Yeah. Or yeah. at least on a course that's worth a crap. One hundred percent. Well, yeah, and it just goes back to like, and we've talked about this with the golf swing but I'm sure it's very similar with you is teaching people what their expectations should be when they go. Cause every, like this world is just built off of instant gratification at this point. Like, well, a new, if a new driver gives me 15 yards, why would I train for three months? But like in reality, that new driver is not giving you 15 yards. It's your body, it's your swing. So like teaching people that like them seeing results is the, probably the biggest thing that gets them coming back. Cause why would somebody do something if they don't see results? But um, we've definitely struggled with just making people realize like you're not going to take one golf lesson and be better. You know, yeah. we're not a we're not a car mechanic. <laughs> you don't just come to us and we fix you and you you leave. Like you, it takes a lot of personal accountability. And so I'm sure you run into a lot of that too, where you're like, and I'm I'm sure you've been there where I had a person take a lesson from me and they come back a week later. I'm like, how many times do you hit balls? They're like, oh, I haven't. And I'm like, okay, so we're going to work on the exact same thing we worked on last week because we can't move on to this next thing if you haven't gotten this other, this more basic part somewhat down. Um, you know, they're not going to be perfect at it, but just being personally accountable is probably at the end of the day, like as an instructor for you in fitness and us in golf, it's pretty much you're there to give them the tools and then it's on them to do it themselves. So, how do you keep young kids incentivized to, well, and just people in general, you know, incentivized to, to keep training and keep pushing? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great point that a lot of it comes down to what they're doing on their own free time. If I see somebody three times a week for an hour, that's three hours out of just a, if you look at a day out of 24 hours. Yeah. So what are you doing in your free time or when I don't see you to help you towards your goals? So is it, are you swinging a club to get better at golf? Are you eating better to, if you want to lose weight or anything like that? Or are you doing some extra work? Like I tell all my kids, text me if you're going to the gym, I'll send you a workout. Yeah. That way they have something to do or even just any adult. Like if I'm training them, then I see them twice a week and they want to get two extra days in. Hey, just text me. I got you. Like I want you to, I'll, I'll help hold you accountable if you help hold yourself accountable. That's cool. That's um, really cool. But also you get to the point where with some clients, like I'm not going to chase you down. If, yeah. If you, I can't want it more than you want it. Mm-hmm. And it's probably the same with you guys saw with lessons and instructing. It's like, we're going to work on the same exact thing because you didn't do what you're supposed to do. And then we're going to just keep doing the same thing. And then the sessions get boring because the client's bored because it's the same exact drills. You're bored because it's the same exact drills. Yeah. But it's like this. I can't do anything else if you're not going to help yourself. Totally. I agree. Yeah, we, well, we would get, like, people would come into the golf course and just be like, hey, I want a lesson. We're like, okay, cool, you know what? And you kind of get the, you know, you do the whole background check, if you will. Yeah. Like, hey, how, how long have you played? What's your, you know, what's your usual miss? All this kind of stuff. You have, I, I had a lesson two years ago, 45-minute lesson. The lady actually made contact with one golf ball in 45 minutes. Wow. So that was uh that was a little stressful. <laughs> Jesus. Um, try, yeah, trying yeah, to like that's, that's, that's a long nightmare. Uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was the longest 45 minutes of my life. But um yeah, but then then just the frustration for our side where they're like, oh, I want to do a lesson every single week, but that's gonna be my only golf. Yeah. I'm like, I, even you know, we actually um I'm not the greatest teacher at golf. I'll, I'll fully admit that Mitchell's phenomenal, knows everything, like he can he can see stuff that I can't. Um, and I would have people that were like, oh, I want to do once a week. And then the next lesson, I was like, dude, I'm literally sitting here staring at you for 30 minutes. And so finally, we I actually changed like our lesson structure to half hour and an hour versus like we always did 45 minutes. Because yeah. I feel like, obviously, as a, as a coach, you're, you're a coach, we're coaches, you when you like see somebody kind of just like grinding and they're not like not necessarily getting better like you have to keep telling them you know especially in golf or like hey you're gonna get worse like your your score is not reflective of where your golf swing is going that's i think the hardest thing about teaching golf uh but i would just be like hey like i'm doing 30 minutes because like the last 15 minutes is me just saying hey good shot good shot or you know like you can't pile on and that's kind of why i'm glad i'm not teaching a ton of golf anymore just because i would be the guy that's like we're really working hard on one thing and it's good and then all of a sudden like one of their last shots they you know they freaking stay on their back foot which they haven't done the whole lesson and they hit one fat and they're like what i do there and then i'm like oh fuck because i know immediately like i want to tell them that and then work on that because then you don't have enough time or whatever right yeah but then i'm going back to something that they haven't done for the entire lesson that I'm like trying to fix now where, and then they leave and they're like, well, that la- they, that's what's stuck in their mind. So do you see a ton of that when you're training people, um, whether it's, you know, adults or kids, like where you get to a point where you're kind of like, Hey, like you do, how, how do you go about pushing them? Is I guess my question. Yeah. Like sometimes like if you see like, let's say just for, let's break, break it de- or break it down to the simplest thing. They're, they're benching a hundred pounds. And, you know, bench whatever if it matters in golf, not. Yeah. But they're benching 100 pounds and they just, like, can't get past that. Where do you see, like, a point where you're like, hey, like, we need to figure this out? 
or is it just is it mostly on them to like hey they have to do the extra work in their time basically what i'm asking you is in a long long way is <laughs> jesus uh, well i i'm trying to get Should this out there to one no. yeah <laughs> but like where how how do you see pushing is this people? still going yeah like okay. uh, <laughs> no I, I i get what you're saying yeah. i got i got right. <laughs> Nature um, versus nurture? Like, are you talking about, like, <laughs> Dude, are I, you an asshole? I, I started or? just, like, circling. Yeah, and, holy shit. No, so to start with somebody, we'll start with the first part where somebody's grinding and they start to get frustrated and upset with what they're doing. It's normally when I'm telling them, you know, a certain thing to focus on or then we're videotaping it and they just can't get it. They can't get it, especially, like, running technique or sometimes lifting technique, too. It's like, hey, I need you to get your arms and hips extended here and you're not doing that. And then... We keep videotaping it. They keep, then you start to see them get vis- visibly frustrated. And you're like, let me go to a different exercise or a different drill or something completely different to get your mind off of it. We might come back to it later. We might just completely scrap it for the day. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of step one of your question. And then step two. There was a lot of steps <laughs> in that question. I'm, I'm going to go with the two big ones. I, I could probably list off five. Should have wrote it down. <laughs> um, but so then. If somebody's, you know, hitting a plateau or that's really up to me as the coach of how am I programming it um, in terms of exercise selection? Are we doing other things other than just bench to get their chest stronger, their back stronger? And then also what sets and reps are we doing? If we just keep doing the same sets and reps for the next three years, the kids are going to see probably a dramatic increase. Anybody that's not really working out right now will see a dramatic increase. But then people that have lifted for... 10, 12 years, if we just stayed at the same for the next five months, they'd just be doing the same weight, maybe go up two and a half, five pounds, then they'd be frustrated. So it's that's where it goes back to switching the high reps, low weight, and then low reps, high weight. So you're changing volume and intensity throughout and then just trying to keep pushing them in different ways and then they're getting different stimuluses on the body. So I guess the easiest way and the most scientific and least scientific way to say it at the same time is we call it the said principle, specific adaptations to an imposed demand. Okay. So if you want something to occur, you have to then apply a specific stimulus to then get that adaptation. So like with Josh, you know, working with Josh, it's how do we move faster? He's strong as an ox. Yeah. Like yeah. You put it's anything fucking... in front of him, he's going to lift it. And he wants to lift heavy. He even said that in your guys' pod. Yeah. Later. He's like, I just love working out. And it's like, dude, you're, we need you powerful and we need you moving weight. So for him, it's strapping. We got a velocity-based trainer. It's this rope that goes on and attaches um, to the ground and then it hooks up to the iPad and then it's tracking how fast his bar speed's moving. Oh, shit. So That's cool. it's trying to get him to move, for him, lighter weight Quicker. faster yeah. versus just we need to get you strong so then you're able to accept these forces in the golf swing, which some people are. Like I've one client that can be, he's 52 can barely hold a 30 pound dumbbell and squat for 10 reps. Really? Right. So for him, it's like, let's get him stronger. He golfs three times a week. So obviously he's strong enough to golf, but his body just keeps breaking down at the end of the season. Yeah. So that makes com- sense. two completely different ways of training, but both see increases in club head speed or whatever else they're looking for. Yeah. And that's where coming to you as a professional is very beneficial versus trying to do it on your own. Exactly. Um, so one other thing you touched on, and then I want to go in a little more casual route because yeah. I have a funny question. <laughs> um, but what is your thought on overspeed training? Because I've done that before. Um, what what are those, uh, the three clubs? The t- the, like swing sticks and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've done that, and I really didn't test it. Like, honestly, it was probably more for, like, flexibility. I'm not a 
a huge numbers grinder guy. Like okay. I just like I, I have a flight scope and everything, but I it, it, I'm not as conventional, I guess, as like a lot of like these peak athletes are. Like obviously, you take a look at me. I'm not fucking Rory McIlroy or whatever. Um, but I try to overspeed, and I actually like that concept of it. Like if you follow their regimen, um, and I really didn't see results, but I think. Well, I mean, <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Now it's your turn Are to you, fucking yeah, ramble. It's, it's my turn. Karma. Yeah, karma exactly. Exactly. I was too quick to talk <laughs> shit. But do you see results from overspeed training or like what is your what is your general thought about it? Yeah, I only have one client that actually does it. Okay. Um, and it's that same client I just talked about, the 52-year-old that isn't as strong. So, oh, so I'm a 52-year-old um, middle-aged yeah, yeah, man, yeah. basically. Uh, no, he just likes to do it. And I mean, this guy does... he. Hits the center of the club face every time I played with him. Is he a good player? Yeah, he's a scratch. Oh no yeah. shit! So yeah. so he it's is crazy. Me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, very out of shape. I've heard how long you drive, and he does outdrive you. Really, he's about two ninety to three hundred, and that was when we were playing down in Tucson. Holy shit! So, but so he can't lift thirty pounds. How how tall is he? Uh, he's about my height, about six foot. So a little okay, bit taller that, than you. he's got the advantage he's there. Got, got a little bit more levers and just squares it up every single time. Yeah, that makes um, sense. But he's. He's used it for three years. I've only been training him since last April. Okay. So I missed it. He normally does it from about now till March. Um, and he says he's seen results results off of it. Okay. Um, there's a guy, um, he's a trainer, trains like Patrick Harrington and uh, Seamus Power? Seamus, Sh- yeah. yeah. Um, I think, Dude, I know I think Harrington. Mike Carroll is his, is his name. Okay. Um, I've never heard his for name. Golf is like his Instagram and Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he... Um, Big believer in overspeed training and swing six, but he actually has one of those pocket radar type things. And so when you're swinging, it's telling you your, your speed. Oh, damn. So then that would probably help you better because you did it. Yeah. But who knows how fast you're moving? It's kind of the same thing. We have med balls at our gym. We have the Proteus, which I don't know if you know what the Proteus is. No. Nope. Um, your guys' favorite guy who you guys don't, don't oh, name. Oh, yeah. He has one in his garage. BD. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's, a basically like, it looks like a rail gun. It's very weird looking, but it's a isokinetic machine and it tracks rotational power. Oh, wow. So it'll show you your peak velocity and peak power in a rotational movement. Um, so versus a med ball, you can throw it as hard as you want. If we're not tracking it, you have no idea. Yeah. The Proteus, we can change the, um, pounds on it. And then also it tracks your speed each time. So you're seeing, am I moving this faster? Am I not? Is it going down? So kind of the same thing with those swing sticks. If you have something to track your actual speed, yeah, and then you're trying to actually go harder and harder, you're probably going to see an increase just because now you're building your baseline. That makes sense. And I, yeah, if I ever get back into like caring about my game, <laughs> like if, if I ever get real serious about it again, that would be something like because it's similar to just keeping track of your your numbers in your golf swing, like your swing path, your club fit. Like exactly. it, it's giving you some result rather than the old school way of like eyeballing it. And like, yeah. that's, you know, everybody's figured out pretty quickly. That's not how you get results. Yeah. Um, but I know that Padre Harrington for an old dude moves it. Yeah. And so he, I've seen him getting after it. Like his fucking, he's like doing the, the rock back and forth on like some warm ups and shit like that. So, I mean, I, I definitely don't, swing anywhere near him but he's he's a pretty much he's kind of a specimen for his age oh so. for sure he's, and power i think is one of the longer drivers on yeah. tour if i remember correctly yeah so this guy has gotten kind of famous working with them i guess blown up and um 
I follow a lot of his stuff. He's got a lot of good stuff. So hell yeah, um, fit for golf. I'll have to he, check that uh, out. I'll give him a plug, even though I've never met him before. But yeah, I, I love his stuff. No so. free ads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so kind of relating it to that, do you? Since you have like a, an extreme knowledge of the golf swing, the, the how the body moves with like, do you see a lot of this stuff come out now? You know, there's a there's a fitness trainer for everything on Instagram, this and that. Do you just watch some of these videos and you're like, that's completely fucking wrong, or like that is not good at all for you, or is it most of it pretty centered? There's a lot of stuff I get like why they do things or like why it. They think it works, but then there's some stuff. It's just like, well, that's loaded wrong. Like it, the what you're trying to, I guess, do for overspeed or maybe overload. You're loading in a wrong pattern that doesn't even apply to the motion that you're you're training. Um, and then also like a lot of the what I talked about earlier, like the golf fitness stuff on on Instagram, is like you see a lot of the balancing on Bosu balls and jumping from a Bosu ball to a regular box. And it's like, if you if I can't have stability through my feet with just my shoes off the ground, then why would I put myself on a Bosu ball to then back 100%, squat and yeah. then mess up your back? Fucking you know? die. So, um, it's like, let's just, just start. Soft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, so, so that's kind of where a lot of the stuff gets kind of thrown out the window, I guess, with golf fitness is like, let's do all this band work. Let's do all this stability work and not really train you to be powerful, I guess, is what's gotten somewhat popular and, I've worked with a multitude of athletes and I'm like, we're going to get you strong. Yeah. However that is, you know, everyone's a little bit different and what they want is different or how they want to feel on the golf course is different, but we're going to get you strong in some capacity. We're going to get you moving stuff faster. And then we'll do our band work for mobility or stability. Like, well, we'll work all of it in, but I'm not going to bring you in for an hour to do a bunch of band work Yeah. and then have you like pressing a band in some rotational pattern or trying to simulate a golf swing with a kettlebell or anything like that like just go swing a club i'll make you strong your body stronger in all the positions it needs to be strong in okay i like that before i go in the casual route um give our listeners like and obviously it's very tough to put in a vacuum because everybody's different but just what is one thing um that everybody could work on that you know, it's hard to generalize because not everybody does this wrong or this correctly, but what do you think is one way everybody universally that you've seen could gain a little bit of speed? How would they go about that? Uh, I would say two things that they can work on that are very easy. One, just moving stuff fast. So if you have a medicine ball, either slamming it, throwing it into a wall, and have extreme intent in what you're trying to do. You should try to break the wall or put a hole in the ground every single time you throw something so you're having that intent and not just going through the motions. I like that. Um and then also two would be, it's kind of like overlooked, but shoulder external rotation because you need it on the backside and you need it on the front side of your swing. And a lot of us now are sitting at either computer or sitting on our phones and we're, our shoulders are kind of rolling forward. You see a lot of the C-neck um, with that, the forward head position. Yeah. So just opening up those shoulders and then that'll allow you to get just a little bit more on your backswing and um, front swing. Or downswing, I guess, you come through. So I like that. Yeah. It's sweet. So stuff you can work on at home. You can just like literally lay on a foam roller or lay on something that kind of holds you up and then just throw your shoulders back in a 90-90 or do it on a wall. Okay. Um, so a lot of different stuff you can do. Just look up shoulder external rotation exercises on YouTube, and you'll probably find a bunch of stuff you can do that doesn't require any equipment at all. Yeah, totally. I'm a big 
proponent of in the golf swing external i was gonna say you rotation. start saying shoulder external internal <laughs> rotation mitchell fucking talk, no, i talk. do like <laughs> the external trail shoulder rotation i mean and you do need it on the follow-through too but so many people are internal that it's part of the what gets the club so vertical and like but a lot of people can't get into that position sure. and, and that makes rotate like being rotational a really big problem like if you're internal you can't rotate like everybody because if you make a big turn and your trail shoulders internal, the club's going to be so far behind you, you're going to be hitting three feet behind the ball. Yeah. So there's definitely, it plays in, but I really like the idea of, and a lot of people don't realize how many other sports where you're, you are using that external rotation of your, your lead. Well, it depends on what you throw with, but yeah. baseball, volleyball, like any really throwing sport, like you're going external to internal and so i I could see how that would make a a big difference yeah a lot of one one of my clients i trained his son too he's a pitcher and the guy was like why are we doing all these pitching band work like drills and i was like because you need external rotation he's like why and so then i had to tell him (laughs) yeah and he's like you just google that i was like no like i actually know what i'm talking about but (laughs) um but so he was like, I'm doing all the same stuff my son's doing. I was like, well, yeah, you both need external rotation for what you do. You just need it in both shoulders. He just needs it in his right. Yeah. So. Totally. Um, well, so. Go ahead. Here, I just have one. This is this is going towards the casual route. So. <laughs> all right. So working at Landau Performance, how long have you worked there now? Uh, it'll be start of year nine in May. Holy That's shit. crazy. So yeah, give I think us. it's Lando. Land, Lando. Yeah, Lando. Lando. I can figure it out. I, Lando. I literally known him since I was in eighth grade, and I call Lando. So <laughs> he didn't. He didn't tell me that till I was about 23, 24. Like, He's like, you've been saying it wrong <laughs> yeah. for years. But fine. all right, what is the most in the gym, for either freak athlete just in general that you've seen, or like freak athletic, you know, movement that you've seen from an athlete at Lando Performance? Austin Eckler is the most freak athlete I've ever seen. So Bro. we trained him for his pro day. Um, dude's like a fucking, Western. he's like a water bug. It actually oh. pisses me off how like, cause you look at him and you just like saw him on the street. I mean, obviously he's ripped. If he had like yeah. baggy clothes on and you saw him on the street, you'd be like, oh, this is some like dude that goes to the gym five times a week and grunts and yells. Oh, yeah, and, like, yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so he was actually lifting with our linemen Holy that we were shit. training. So he was, we've only, we have a 200 pound or a set of 200 pound dumbbells that normally guys only get for rows. Um, like a dumbbell row, and he was doing it with the three linemen we had in that draft class. Like That's just insane. abnormally strong. And then he goes to his pro day, and it's a, I've been to probably 15 pro days, like NFL pro days with scouts, and it's the only time I've seen scouts stop a drill that's going on somewhere else to walk over and watch what he was doing, and that was his vert. I think he had 39 and a half or 40. Holy shit. Um, and so he hit his first jump, and then right next to it was the broad jump. This was down at CU. And the scout said, excuse me, sir, hold on. Pause the guy that was going, and then turned around to watch him. <laughs> wow. And after that, we knew like he was like, he's going to get something, whether yeah. it's a draft pick or a call. And so he ended up making the most of it with the Chargers, and he's killing it. Unreal. Yeah. He, uh, my buddy that I went to high school with, played guard for him or in front of him at Western. Yeah. And was like telling me like we were we would talk on and off. I'd just like follow the football team, and he'd be like, "This kid's special." I'm like, "Dude, like it's <laughs> Western." Yeah, I'm like, All right, Western, yeah, like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. yeah, he can be special and that. And then he's like, I he like texted me after he made the NFL and like had a breakout season. He's like, "I told you." Yeah. Like, oh, and, and he's uh like he's. What is he in real life, like 5'7", five, 5'8"? Five, I think so, yeah. He's not, like, overly big, and he's kind of short for the running backs, or at least what they want nowadays. Yeah. 
and he's just fucking like he's yeah like agility wise probably the craziest athlete I've watched in the NFL. Yeah, he um, took Melvin Gordon's job. Just yeah. said, excuse me, sir. Okay. Yeah, well, and he's strong, like you talked about, obviously doing that insane stuff. But he also has that like Alvin Kamara like ability to like not go down, like his yeah. knee, like his legs and his flexibility. Well, dude, he's built like a brick shit. He's <laughs> like a yeah. But I mean, like normally those guys, like a, a like a Brandon Jacobs back in the day, you just run people over. But yeah, like, he's a dude that like will get tackled, and then his knees like this close to the ground, and he has the lower level athletic yeah. ability to just stay up yeah. and keep going. But it's it almost seems like he has that gymnast type strength where like, I I think he can do like the, the flagpole or the, f- yeah, he does all the calisthenics and like a bunch of pull-ups and stuff. We, yeah. We haven't worked with him since pro day. So I'm not saying we've prescribed that for him to do. <laughs> um, I wish he would come back. No he's shit. Just, he's just a cool dude. I like hanging out. Does with he live him. in college? No, well, does in I the off season in LA now. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't think he comes back. I don't think I he goes LA. back to Eaton. Uh, (laughs) oh he's from Eaton yeah holy shit you've worked with Christian McCaffrey too yeah so they're actually in the same draft class wow so um, and probably two of the best athletes to come out of that oh yeah I mean they had the at that point when they were coming out they both had their division record for rushing yards is D2 and D1 I was gonna say the yeah what are they Mount or they're in the RMAC right yeah okay yeah um so then they came out and that was when Christian was at Stanford kind of you know Pac-12 is kind of good I guess um (laughs) and so then they're both training together and pushing each other and uh we were training Christian for the combine I was actually in charge of the running back drills that year that they would do at the combine we have all of it written down in books and set up and we're teaching them the best ways to get in and out of stuff so that was kind of when I worked really closely with with Christian and then Lauren who had worked with him since he was a sophomore or junior in high school. And then the next couple of years after, when he was with the Panthers, then Lauren went to um, the Broncos and then couldn't work with him anymore. And so then we just haven't seen Christian since. But that that year with both of them and the, them putting up crazy numbers at their pro day and then going on the next year to put up crazy numbers in the NFL was was actually awesome to see. And they're both like pretty chill guys to, to just hang out with. That's super cool. Isn't Christian dating like Olivia Culpo yeah. or something? Oh, that- yeah. That's fucking bananas. Like, he went to high school 20 minutes from here, and he's, I mean, he's just living in a totally different world. I mean, I saw him play his first uh, high school football game, Valor Regis, and he blocked a punt, returned it for a touchdown, had an interception, and was a starting running back. And that was his very first varsity game, very first game of the season his freshman year. Yeah, you just could tell he was built different different from there. Yeah. Um, Well, so another thing that actually one of my buddies texted me about if you follow golf, we've talked about the Rory Patrick Reed. Oh gosh! <laughs> so so um, we've gotten into that a little bit and just kind of our opinion on it. But so the video surfaced of like Patrick Reed kind of underhand lobbing the tee at Rory, and Rory like the video I think is fucking hilarious. Like just the Rory is visibly ignoring oh, yeah. him. Like even his caddy or his, uh, for if it was a swing coach or whoever's standing there, I don't think it was his caddy, but he acknowledged Reed yeah. and like, and Rory just was like looking down and ignores him. Um, and it definitely seems like there's some bad blood there. And one of my buddies Ryder texted me this morning and goes Rory versus Patrick Reed in a celebrity boxing match. And I was like, that would be fucking electric. And so what do you think? Um, I'm going to guesstimate here. Rory's probably five, eight or five, nine, like 160 pounds, but just like cut his shit, like probably body fat of like two, 2%. I don't even know what the fuck that means, but very <laughs> low body fat. Um, and our, Patrick our body Reed fats have multiple numbers. <laughs> yeah. In fact, yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, but Patrick Reed, he's probably six, one, six, two, if I had to guess and probably like two fifty. 
Uh, so who do you think wins in a celebrity boxing match between Reed and Rory? That one's tough because Rory's jacked. Yeah, dude. Right? Like, he's got good Crazy. shape, but Patrick Reed has some size on him. Yeah, he's got the reach. Um, I think Rory has some pent-up anger, I think, you know, with everything <laughs> that's gone on in the last year. That he it seems might just like take he... it out on, on P. Reed, but also, I mean, P. Reed has, uh, what's her name, Jessica or... Use golf facts, uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, his um, wife. So like, his wife's Yeah, the, the wife's burner. I think the wife kind of runs things. So I don't know how like really tough he is. So <laughs> his I, wife I'm, comes I'm in gonna, from the top rope. Yeah, and f- yeah, she'll probably come in and beat Rory up before. Patrick <laughs> yeah, Green exactly right. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, I just thought that was a good good <laughs> oh, it's like because it's completely opposite body styles. Rory's small but jacked, and Patrick's big oh, but yeah. d- pretty slow and kind of clunky. So. I think it would kind of be it would be entertaining. I was a little worried since I was a little late this morning because of the snow that I was going to get a tea throw at me when I walked in this morning. So <laughs> no, but, we're not that bad. <laughs> the next time you come on, okay. if you're late, yeah, okay, For, first time people we usually are, are semi nice to. <laughs> well, dude, thanks for joining us, man. This was awesome. Um, you can go ahead and follow Davis on Twitter at db underscore p sixteen. Uh, and on Instagram at CoachDB underscore 16. You, let, uh, we'll give you a sec plug Lando, Lando performance, yeah. plug, plug <laughs> what you do, because we have people listening to like, I, I'm de- like, you you made me feel like shit, which is fine. It's fair. <laughs> I'm coming to the gym next week. I'm not. I'm no, sorry. you're I'm coming. Just being no, real you're coming. You're coming. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I'm coming in the gym next week, but plug what you do and, and just kind of like how you can make people better at g- golf and just feel like physically feel better it, that i think that's like lost sometimes on people is like i haven't been in the gym in a while i just got my membership a week ago started going again i used to go every day for two to three straight years and physically just you feel so much better about your day when you started yeah. out with a workout yeah i mean you're gonna get a dopamine release one and so you're just gonna feel better as you go through working out you're just gonna feel better moving throughout the day even if you're sore you're gonna feel better um but when you got if anyone calls me i'll give them a free uh First assessment and workout for just being, you know, um, BDE listeners. Let's go. Yeah, that's uh, fire. After that, I got a few options. You can come train with me in person at at Landau. I got remote options where I can just send you workouts, send you videos, and you guys can have four workouts or three workouts a week. Do it at your your rec center, your home, wherever you want to go. And then we just base it off of what you want. Do you want to get stronger? Do I think you need to get stronger? How do you want to feel on the golf course? I have one guy that doesn't care if he gets sore. I have another guy that didn't want to be sore at all. So how do yeah. we how do we get those worked out? And then we'll cater it to you and basically get you what you want and make you feel the best that you can when you're getting ready for June to go beat your buddies on the golf course. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Man. Love that. Well, good luck this year, man, with uh, all this, of course. And even in the, the is it Grint? Grint. Grint. Is, yeah. yeah. Cause that dude, it's so fun to compete, man. Oh, it's, I, awesome. I, it's like golf competing in golf, especially with your buddies or just like on a little mini tour like that. It's just so much fun. Get to go out to Colorado, a bunch of great courses in Colorado. I kind of saw their schedule. They got some, I think they TPCs on there. Playing, we played TPC last year, playing again this year. We're playing Colorado National and um, Rain Dance for the oh, championship. Oh, hell which yeah. I got to play last year. That was. You crazy. play the back tees? Where'd you play? Uh, my buddy's a super long hitter, like 330, 340, played minor leagues for the Rangers. So okay. He wanted to play from the back, and it was his birthday, so I kind of had to. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. I played with him for the first nine. We switched up groups. I moved up to the blue tees. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I mean, that's over 8,000 yards, right? There's like a 270 yard carry over a ravine. I'm like, oh, I'm fucked. I got up, my, I was playing with my wife, and I'm like, whose ball is that? And it was right by her tee box, and they're like, that's yours. I was like, <laughs> 
I pipe that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I drive it like 280, 290. And I was like, this is crap. Yeah, totally. Like 250 yards in on a par four. So oh I'd recommend if you go play it, maybe don't play the backs, but maybe hit a few shots from there to see how it is. For sure. Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. thanks. Appreciate yeah, thanks, it, man. We'll, appreciate uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, bro.